Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno and Nick. What it do, I'm Bruno, and with me as always is my childhood friend and co-host, Nick Tober. How you doing? The whole month? The whole month, the whole month. It's just it's just Nick Tober. <laughs> I, I Do can't you wait. remember do you remember that? I think they had that in in uh Nickelodeon. Oh, it was just a whole month of Nicktober. Yeah. It would be like uh Are You Afraid of the Dark? Or like the like one yes. novelty episode of like Cousin Skeeter that's that's Halloween themed. <laughs> They would the just throw one all novelty those. episode. Yeah, that's a real big. Okay, so there were two, two Skeeters. <laughs> there was cousin Skeeter. There was, and then Skeeter Valentine from Doug. Honk, We've honk. talked about. Like, I, I don't know what uh, Nickelodeon's obsession was with that word, but well, that's I'm not going to say it too much more. <laughs> that's a deep rabbit hole to go down, my friend. <laughs> oh boy, not not for this podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> But yeah, man, doing good, doing good. Here we are, yet another uh, exciting podcast. A lot of a lot of uh, gaming news happening this week. There is, and I think the biggest thing that everyone's going to be talking about is obviously the Xbox controller that Canada just put out, Xbox Canada, and they decided to get ready for this. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. They wrapped the entire controller in denim. It's yeah, called a did. Canadian tuxedo. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't okay. First, yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't know that Canadian tuxedo was a thing until my wife said something that like wearing a jean jacket with like jean jean pants is considered a Canadian tuxedo. And I was thinking to myself, do they know that it's called a Canadian tuxedo or is but apparently since it was Xbox Canada that did this, they are just like embracing it, which is totally Canadian. <laughs> this is one hundred percent they're doing. I, you've got the picture of the person holding it that is wearing all denim, even the denim yep. shirt. You have to respect the denim shirt because oh, yeah. you know anybody can wear a pair of pants, but to wear mm-hmm. a pair of jeans and to say you know the perfect thing to gonna that's gonna go with this is an indestructible shirt. You know, yep. that, that's uh, that matches a matching denim yeah. shirt. You know, I just wanted to look like I'm wearing one big jumpsuit. Yeah. But really, I've got two separate two separate jean things going on here. And mm-hmm. I mean, this this controller comes comes with belt loops. Yeah. And tiny pockets. What would you put in those tiny pockets, Nick? The article that uh, I think it was IGN's uh, went ahead and said uh, uh, you can fill it with poutine. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> what else would you put in your pockets in Canada? I, I, right? I, I yeah. guess so, you know. So yeah. uh, that would be, wow. <laughs> that's the most Canadian thing to put in there ever, poutine. Yeah, there you go. Oh, man. It's, that's probably what it comes with. You probably get a free a free coupon for poutine at any any store because they all sort or any uh, yeah. restaurant because they all serve it. Yeah, they have the so, poutine at McDonald's there in Canada. They do, which is, I mean, we could go on a whole podcast of just like how many, how many different regional McDonald's items there are. Oh, yeah. They serve spam um, at the McDonald's in Hawaii, and I'm pretty sure they serve lobster at the one in Maine. So you can get your McLobster and your McSpam all from McDonald's if you're in the right spot. 
Now, one of the things that some of the haters are saying about this controller, which I hope is totally real, is that, oh, well, you can't have a fabric as, uh, even as a novelty controller because you're going to get it, uh, you know, you're going to get some stains on it or whatever. And to Cheese them, I dust, say, obviously. Right. To them, I say, I don't know if you've ever worn a pair of jeans for more than like a decade. They don't go bad. You don't have to wash those. This is this is this is actually an aside, but I've heard that high-end designer jeans, they tell you not to wash them. Mm-hmm. That you can actually get away with kind of just drying them on tumble that denim is supposed to be this like material that doesn't contain a lot of odors. I don't know, but I I don't, you know what I mean? Like I'm not playing around with butt smells in my pants. I'm just going to go ahead and throw them in the wash. Like, Mm -hmm. do your thing, washing machine. Get the butt smells out of there. I mean, I'm going to go with the Febreze and just say big money, no whammies. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a, I feel like I did that a lot in college. (laughs) Like, there's so many times in college where I was like, you know what? I don't feel like doing laundry right now. We're just going to do the Febreze fresh up. The Febreze fresh up. You just lay your clothes down and Febreze them up really quick and yeah. then give them a quick shake and you're good to go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are life tips. These are, you're yeah. not going to get these in any other podcast. These are 100%, this is 100% vital information for your everyday life. Like I told you before, Lori Beth Denberg over mm-hmm. here. That's very we're nice. Just giving you, we're just giving you everything you need to yeah. survive. And Febreze is one of those. Keeping in your trunk. Also, keeping your trunk. I know this. Is, we're getting off topic here. An extra pair of pants, because you never know. You just never know when you might need an extra pair of pants. So. Oh yeah. Those are those are just uh, mm-hmm. just life tips. Keep it life in your trunk. There. Whatever you got to do. That's that's the, you don't want to get caught literally with your pants down. Uh, in that case. So yeah. Oh, and by the way, um, Walmart. Walmart's uh, at least the Canada branch jumped in uh, in the fray. Uh, and uh, replied to that saying, we can't believe you said this. And uh, <laughs> Xbox Canada then replied and said, we didn't think it would fly, to be honest. So now they've just resorted <laughs> to cheap pants puns. And this whole thing has gotten it's, out of control. It's, well, I mean, that's that's co- the complete Canadian thing to do is to make a pun about it. And, <laughs> and I mean, I just, I... I, you can't top it. I mean, I guess yeah. the American thing would be like cargo pants. Right. Like like broed out cargo pants would be, mm-hmm. you know. But, I mean, at that point, this already has pockets. So what are you going to do, add more pockets to yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be pockets on the back? I don't think so. There's only so much real estate on the, <laughs> <laughs> the Xbox controller that we're working with here. So There's no, uh, the Elite version, there's no uh, paddles on the inside. It's just uh, more, pi- more more pockets. More pockets. Bonus More pockets. pockets. Yeah. And you know, you gotta I, I, go for I, it. All I'm going to say is there have been crazier novelty controllers. So just go ahead and do it. People are going to buy it. If people are going to buy a KF console that heats chicken for you and it's a real thing, people are going to buy a, den- a limited run of a, of a denim, you know, denim uh, controller. I remember, um, I think it was Resident Evil 4. They came out. It was, it was the GameCube edition of the game. They came out with this novelty controller that was literally like a, a, a replica chainsaw. Oh wow! And the, the the it was terrible to operate because you as you can imagine that's not exactly ergonomic. 
Um, well, I mean, yeah. the let's be honest, the GameCube controller in general was kind of a novelty. Like, <laughs> I, I appreciate Nintendo trying to shake it up and give us some yeah. different things with the, the Nintendo 64 yeah. um, controller and then the GameCube one, but... Uh, I, I don't know. It was it was very, very awkward because you had two different size thumbsticks, which mm-hmm. I never got. Yeah. I never understood why we did that, like why that was a thing. So, yeah, but it was, it was apparently people love it. Yeah. It was. It was a C stick, yes, yeah. which was essentially that's what the C buttons were on the Nintendo 64 controller anyway. They were just basically, it was basically the same thing. Yeah. Because I use the C buttons to strafe and move mm-hmm. in, in GoldenEye. So it acted as that, like, it was like a reverse Southpaw type of, type of um, control scheme set up if you use the C buttons to strafe. So... Mm-hmm. That was the that was my that was my key right there. You got to use those C buttons to strafe. C strafe. And then, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man, those were good times. Yeah. Those I were mean, good times trying to figure out like what in the world this controller is doing and <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you look at the history of Nintendo's controllers, I, I, I think it was uh, some some Reddit post where someone did like a side by side comparison of like, OK, here's the PS1, the PS2, the PS3 controller. Easy to see the similarities and the slight improvements and, and the Xbox, you know, line of controllers, too. And then, of course, the Nintendo line where it goes from Super Nintendo to Nintendo 64, uh, the fork controller to the the GameCube thing, which as a Smash enthusiast, it 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 does serve great purposes uh, for games that are built for it. Um, yeah, I've heard that yeah. like Super Smash, uh, or just Smash like competitive players love the controller. Yeah, and they're keeping GameStop in business single handedly with right. the with buying up controllers because yeah. there's so many compilations of videos online of controller smashes for that game. Right. Like, it's very aptly named Smash, because really what they're talking about is you smashing your controller. Out of pure rage. Yeah, that can be, especially the uh, the Melee community that's built around, man. It's uh, the, the hardcore hardcore players. But yeah, for the, uh, the Nintendo Switch, they literally uh, remade the controller just for that game. Wow. Yeah. So, I, 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 of course, that I have That was, and I think, you know, I think... When you're doing your fans, uh, uh, you know th- this is what we call a fan service. Like when you're when you when you really listen to your fans and they're like, "Hey, if that's what they want to play on, then like go for it. Yeah. You go ahead and play on this." I think Nintendo has always done a good job of, of that because they've come out with the classic controller as well, right? Like the NES controller. Yeah, they they brought that back when they did the uh, the NES uh, Nintendo Online service, like as part of their subscription model where you get access to all of the NES games um, and they let you uh, get like a a retro NES controller that works with the switch. But I have not, uh, I have not done that. I did have the, uh, the NES classic for a time. um, And that was, that was a fun little throwback, but ultimately I just, I didn't, I didn't hold on to it. So what's your favorite Nintendo controller of your. Ooh, that's, that's a tough one. I almost have to give it to the NES because you know, I as simple as it was, it it worked perfectly for those you know demanding platformer style games that I grew up with, mm. um, and to this day, you know, when I'm looking for a controller to play those kind of games, I love that simplicity. 
Um, and that color scheme, man, you just can't beat that gray on black on red. Uh, there's, yeah, there's something totally. about it, man. I, I have to agree. I mean, the simplicity of, of just that controller, you knew there was only a couple buttons that you could be pressing. So that sim- simplistic nature went out the window and it just got more complicated and more mm-hmm. complicated. And then they started adding white and black buttons. And I thought I was choosing my race in a video game, which was very controversial <laughs> when Xbox came out. I was thought I was thinking there's, this is, this is going too far. Those Obviously, buttons, this <laughs> like no one knew what to do with them. I know the Halo games, like one was like the flashlight, and the other one did yeah. like grenade selection or something weird. But yeah, it's, it's interesting how like some controllers will have those weird buttons that like like we're talking about like just like the left uh, left shoulder button on the N sixty four, just to name one, where it's like yeah. it's there, but like why do we have this again? There's going to be one game that uses it out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem that a lot of these, these companies come in contact with is this idea of, well, if we create this haptic feedback controller, Mm -hmm. you know, we, it's up to the developer to implement it and to actually use it. Right. So you kind of take that risk of actually going out on a limb and making something because, for example, the haptic feedback of PlayStation 5's controller, brilliant idea. Yeah. The touchpad, uh, I mean, I think they had bigger ambitions for it than what it was and what it was used for mm-hmm. for most games, you know, which is just like look at the map and right. navigate the map with it, which is nice, mm-hmm. but you'd think they'd have a little bit more ambition than just uh, than just a, a map functionality for that. Yeah, well, overly gimmicky controllers or or a specific generation of, of a console that has a controller that does something unique like that, it's historically it's been very difficult to utilize it to its maximum potential because, like, take the Wii U, for example, right? You know, it, it tried to really go out there with the touchpad and to have yeah. third-party developers make games that would utilize it in unique ways, like using it as a heads-up display or, you know, to display additional information on, on that screen while you're playing the game. And the problem is that a lot of these developers, you know, they're porting their games to other consoles, not just developing for one console. And when the game comes over there, if they're going to utilize that feature, they have to spend extra time developing for it. And so mm. you, you usually, whatever, whatever kind of implementation that feature would have, unless it was a party ex- or a console exclusive, um, usually didn't really impress. And I, I think we see that a lot with like the motion controls and the, the touch pad controls, like you had said, where you just don't get enough examples of it working to its fullest potential to be like, hey, that's a selling point for the console. Yeah, I mean, and then you end up with something like the the Connect, yeah, which is great in theory, but in execution, didn't end up being what where the ball was going, so to speak. You know, uh, it was yeah. it was just something that seemed forced upon mm-hmm. uh, consumers, and instead of being implemented in a way that was fun and not janky yeah <laughs> you know do you remember when the connect first came out and like i like i remember i rushed to kmart to pick it up i had to have it kmart had it in stock rest in peace what's left of well there is some kmart <laughs> left 
Um, rest in peace, the Little Caesars that were inside of Kmart. Those were the best. Oh, that's the real. That's yeah. the real loss yeah. right there. But I remember I, I got the Connect, and I, the first thing I thought was like, I have to go show Bruno. And I brought I brought it over to your place. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And we played it for like a little while, and we were like, oh, okay. Like I think it was like that one like action like game where you have to like do like rapid river you know races and yeah that kind of stuff. and then there was and one where you had to like block ball like uh, right. soccer balls or yeah. something like that more like a tech demo and even then like after that i brought it home and i barely used it it, it, it became a glorified microphone yeah exactly mm-hmm. i think that's the that's the only thing i really ended up using it for i turned the the vision function off of it because you'd accidentally like scratch your head and then all of a sudden you know you're bringing up the guide menu and you know pausing the the show you're watching or whatever it may be and it just ended up being a hassle so yeah, yeah rest in peace connect but we don't really want you back so it's, what you're ultimately it's... saying is kind of a recap of this conversation is we don't want these crazy you know, technologically advanced console gimmicks, but we do want denim on our controllers. Yes, yes. Denim, fur, um, floral, or animal print patterns would be exceptional. Oh, leopard print. There you go. Yeah, like velvet. Mm. We we could have like a Juicy Cooters um, type of... (laughs) I call it Juicy Cooters, but it's Juicy Couture. That's just what that's... You remember back when we were in, well, you probably don't remember, but maybe in the 2000s when like velvet jump, like jumpsuits, like tracksuits were in and like everyone was wearing them. I mean, they're all like pink. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. I want like a velvet tracksuit with like, I don't know, a Kangol hat. Like nice. as an accessory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if like Nike and like all these limited edition shoes that they charge $200 for could have these like wild like textures and 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 materials. Yeah. Controllers can too. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And that's a great, great time for us to hear from our sponsors. So take it away, sponsors. And we're back with from the sponsors. They said some things and we listened and thank you. Yeah. That. So, Nick, what is what's going on with with the gaming topics of the week? What do we got? What's going on with them video games? What, man? What's what's happening? Well, I've got another big list for you. You know, in one of the last episodes, we talked about the top ten, you know, free to play games. Yep. Um, yep. And well, we've got uh, another article here from AventureBeat.com of the top selling 2020 games specifically in the United States. Oh, okay. So this is yeah, across any any platform. Um and I I think, you know, the 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 names on this list, uh, the last time we kind of struggled to be like, "Hey, what's that game again?" But yeah. this is stuff everybody knows. So I think we can just kind of go through the top 10 okay. um and work our way up and uh, kind of see what what surprises are in store. So All right. number 10 um, is the remake of Final Fantasy VII. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fun fact, never mm-hmm. played a Final Fantasy game. And that's fine. You know, it's 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 a specific type of game. 
I expected more backlash, but I I'm not I, re- I do rem- I do remember uh, you and the guys played a lot of Final Fantasy when we were growing up, especially oh, on yeah. PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big thing. I've never been a big RP- RPG person, but I have seen gameplay of it, and it does look. Re- if I was going to get one, it would definitely be this remake. So I can see why that's on the list. It definitely seems like a like a game that. Obviously, the fans would want to play, and then yeah. if you didn't get to play it originally, like myself, great time to pick it up. So, not surprising. Yeah, not at all um, that it, it did so well. People were asking for a remake for the longest time, and this is going to be episodic content. So, the remake is just like a certain chunk of the original game. Um, there is going to be more episodes uh, on the way because there's just so much game to remake. But I say it's okay because it's like, you know, RPGs, you have to have the time. And you yeah. have to be willing to sacrifice action for narrative. And yeah, totally. that's something yeah, that's something that I was more willing to do at a younger age when I had the spare time. But mm-hmm. these days, man, and I've tried playing through some RPGs or just games that are very dialogue heavy, and I really struggle to maintain like a, a vested interest in the plot. So no, I totally get it. So moving on, what is our number nine? All right, so Nintendo goes on the offensive here with the next two positions. Number nine is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Okay. It it, it took that position. And that's especially interesting because that game came out very late in 2020. Um, So for it to make that top-selling list so quickly is uh, definitely a testament to the popularity of the games that are contained within. What what games are contained within Super Mario 3D All-Stars? So we got, of course, the uh, Mario 64. Yep, and okay. It's, yeah, one of the first times that besides, I think, the DS port of 64 yep. that they offered it in high definition um, oh, wow. widescreen. Yeah, so there are some, you know, it's not like an overhaul or like it, it, they didn't change anything in the game, but it's, yeah. it's definitely the, the Mario 64 you know and love. The other two games were Super Mario Sunshine. Mm-hmm. and Super Mario Galaxy. Now, I did awesome. buy this, yeah, um, and of course, I, I, I powered through Mario 64 because that's just, uh, that's yeah. my, my child. If, if you're going to sum up my yeah. childhood with one game, it's probably going to be uh, be Mario 64. Totally. Then it goes into Mario Sunshine, and I was, I was excited initially because I thought, wow, this is my first chance to really play this game um, because I didn't properly own a GameCube at all. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I I tried to like it, and I can see why there's, uh, among a lot of people that are Mario fans, many agree that uh, that game is probably the worst uh, core entry in the series. Yeah? Um, just because, yeah, the, the, the that whole jetpack, you have the water, mm-hmm. the flood backpack that you use yeah, to, yeah. to like clean stuff up, and it takes away a lot of the platforming that Mario is known for and re- replaces it with awkward mechanics like using the the jetpack to like do high jumps and that kind of thing. Um, Isn't that similar to Luigi's Mansion? Is like the game mechanics of that? No, I don't I I, I actually Just, haven't played Luigi's Mansion, but I know in that game you're more that's more using the um it's the the opposite. The flood is shooting water and then Luigi's uh, vacuum is sucking. Yeah, okay, okay yeah, but still same yeah. type of mechanic where you're stopping and using yeah. uh, something within your hand to manipulate the environment. 
Yeah, it's definitely a slower paced um, entry. And then, of course, the last game is uh, Mario Galaxy, uh, for the originally on the Nintendo Wii, um, which uh, I, I played a little bit of. It plays very well. It goes back to those roots of Mario sixty four. Um, what have you played any of those? Of course, you played the first. Ah, uh, yeah, of course, I played Mario sixty four. But no, yeah. I was actually going to plan on getting this game, especially before March, because I know that. They Nintendo decided to just make this a limited release, so I, 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 I obviously I that's definitely why it made the the list, right? right. Like is mm-hmm. because there's a time limit on you being able to purchase this, so yeah. I think that's what aided in the rush in of people going out and buying this game because it's like, oh man, I've only got until March of this year to purchase yeah. it, so. Yeah, that's gonna put it up on the on the list for sure. I haven't played um, Mario Sunshine or Galaxy because I didn't have a GameCube and I didn't end up getting um, a Wii until later. But yeah. I will say that the soundtrack for both Sunshine and mm-hmm. Galaxy are amazing, especially Galaxy. Yeah. Really, really great oh, soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, that so. orchestra is just something else, man. That yeah, you're absolutely right. Maybe one of the best Mario soundtracks of all time. Yeah, there, I mean yeah. that the sound. I mean that's I could you know I could listen to the the soundtrack of that mm-hmm. you know just on the regular. So yep. yeah, I really dig the soundtrack of that, and definitely I'm going to be picking up that before it goes away in March, regardless of whether or not I have a. Um, a switch just because it's if it's a limited time release, like you gotta pick it up. So it bothers me, but it that's a rant for another day. We got that there. They did that with uh, Mario All Stars and also this um, that Mario like Battle Royale that they created. Oh yeah, they said, like, it, it's only available until a certain date, and it's just I I, I I can only view that as a as a shady business tactic to get people to FOMO in, but. I yeah. won't ramble too much on it. We got a we got a whole list to get to here. So, uh, number eight, and this is actually very surprising as a Nintendo entry because the game has been out for far longer than uh, 2020. Is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, the Switch Ooh, port, wow. uh, the Wii U title? Yeah. Um, and hey, I mean, I bought I bought Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. Yep. And I absolutely bought Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch because I just love the game that much. It's uh, it's a timeless game. It's a no brainer as a as a family title. Uh, every now and then, I have busted out the uh, the the wheel attachment for the oh, yeah. Joy-Con oh, and yeah. handed it to my kid to see if uh, he can <laughs> he can make it through Moo Moo Meadows. He's yet to he's yet to do so, but yeah, it's you know it's Mario Kart. Everybody loves that. Yeah. So what is, what makes it deluxe besides the graphic updates for it? So the main thing is that it just included all the DLC from the previous uh, Mario Kart, all the extra tracks, like uh, you unlock uh, so like an Animal Crossing course and Link as a playable character yeah, along yeah, with the okay. Hyrule track that is a really cool track. And I think they added a couple other uh, small things here and there. But uh, yeah, it's it's basically like, like what we were talking about um, with the Super Mario 3D World in the last episode. This is another one of those games where they, they wanted to go ahead and get it on the Switch because the Wii U was not a great console, but Mario Kart 8 was a great game. Yeah, yeah, I can I can totally yeah. see that. Um, yeah. I mean, I that's who doesn't like racing in Mario Kart, and that's definitely one of those games that I think everybody on the Switch picked up. You know, yeah. uh, so the great great idea to go ahead and bring it bring it back with the DLC because yeah. I didn't play the DLC. I did play Mario Kart 8, but 
So that would definitely entice me to grab the game as well to be able to have access to the DLC and the new characters for sure. So right, awesome, yeah. awesome entry. Moving on, what we're this is the top list of yeah. best selling games in the US. We're at mm-hmm. number seven, right? We are at number seven. Now, so far in the top ten, um, well, yeah, Square Enix had a game below number 10. Marvel's Avengers was number 11. But so far, every uh, every two entries, it's been the same developer, the same publisher. So number nine and eight were Nintendo. Um, and number seven and six are both Sony, hmm. with number seven being um, Ghost of uh, Tsushima. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what a, I mean, that's an amazing mm-hmm. uh, graphic, graphically beautiful game. Yeah. So... I heard that the gameplay was... I've seen a little bit here and there, but I haven't actually played it myself. But from what I've heard, yeah. like one of the must, must-haves must for for uh, for PlayStation owners out there. Exactly. Yeah, I can't really speak much to it, but everything that I've seen about it is uh, definitely breathtaking with the, uh, with the with the graphics. And I do love that kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, Lone Samurai-style gameplay, high-difficulty uh, entries in, in, in games where you, re- you really have to know what you're doing to get through them. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Ubisoft to come out with a ninja or samurai Assassin's Creed. You think with mm. the amount of entries they've had for that yeah. for that specific IP that they would have come across that eventually, but yeah. it just it just kind of, you know, I don't know if they've they've not really entertained the idea or just thought, you know, maybe there's more interesting th- places to go than mm-hmm. than that, and we'll just leave it to other people. So I don't Once know. Once they get tired of the Vikings, they'll move on to samurai. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> we, we can only hope. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So number six is, and of course, this is going to make the list. So many people talking about it. The Last of Us Part Two. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Which, another yeah, really another gonna, must yeah. own if you're. And there are some people out there um, who this is this is like this is their everything. The Sony yeah. fanboys love this. This is the game they've been waiting for. Have you ever played? Did you ever, did you ever play the first one? I have not. No, I never had a chance to. Um, you know, I, I've seen I've seen some gameplay and I've read a lot of articles about you know um, the hype behind The Last of Us and everything leading up to the release. And I know. When it came out, the, when part two came out, I mean, it absolutely consumed just the, just the gaming media in general. Everybody was was talking about it. Everybody was streaming it. I know there were some issues with yeah. uh, spoilers um, that uh, managed to get out there. And in a story-driven game like that with, with, with big twists, you know, it, that's, that's always a shame. Um, yeah, but, yeah, and I think that's the the key like there's a fine line i think between games that are really good because of their mechanics and games that are really good because of the story that they tell and i think Mm -hmm. the last of us is one of those games i'm not saying that the mechanics aren't good or are buggy in any way but it's definitely it has its own flavor kind of like a resident evil type of game so if you're not into that type of pace of game then it might not be the game for you but story wise you know fantastic story really tugs on the heartstrings and and this idea of having games that are transcending normal video game 
narratives and becoming almost like mini movies or mini Netflix yeah. series um, is yeah. is pretty amazing because I think that's really what is selling The Last of Us. It's not because the gameplay is phenomenal, like, you know, for example, maybe Halo or Call of Duty where it's action-packed. People are coming to The Last of Us because of the story that it tells. And right. that's very, very powerful for a company to be able to have that much hold over an audience strictly because of a story. I mean, amazing. Yeah. All right. Number five is, in fact, an Ubisoft title. You were just talking about this Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Okay. Yeah. 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 We were just talking yeah. about it. The Vikings. The Vikings. Understandable. Um, I mean, I haven't played a, an Assassin's Creed game in a while. The last time I played one that I really, really enjoyed was Black Flag. Um, that was an amazing entry into the game. You got to ride around as a pirate, go to these different islands. It was the first like open world, I guess, somewhat open. Right. It was more than an open world. It didn't feel like a sandbox. Like it was, there were seas and stuff you could do, you know, in between uh, islands. And it, it just was a, it was a great entry to the game. And I've been kind of looking for something like that from Assassin's Creed, uh, lately, and I'm not sure if Valhalla is like that, but I've heard it's got great reviews. What about you? Have you ever played any of the Assassin's Creed titles? I'll just hand in my gamer credentials now because I have never played an Assassin's Creed title. Wow. And well, there's yeah, that's just, there's so many to, to choose from at this true. point. Like, you really yeah. can't go wrong. <laughs> right. So I would say if you – I would say check out Black Flag. That's okay. going to be the one that's that's really interesting in terms of it's it's different compared to every other Assassin's Creed game out there. So you're going to get yeah. a carbon copy with like Assassin's Creed one and two. But mm -hmm. if you really want something that just, you know, hits all the buttons, Black Flag is where it's at. And I know Brad will agree with me. Um mm -hmm out there in listener space. Brad, this one's for you. Black Black Flag's for you, brother. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> Moving on. And, you know, they, they we've got to get one of these sports titles in there. Yep. I don't even need to tell you what number four is. I already told you it's sports. You tell me what it is. Madden. It's got to be Madden. Of course it's Madden. Madden. Yeah, yeah, Madden. <laughs> yeah, it's, top, Ma it's Madden. Again, we're talking about the top paid U uh, yeah. games in the U.S., and this yeah. is number four, Madden. So, right. um I mean, I I pick up a Madden game once every fifteen years. I <laughs> it's I seriously, there's not much that changes in between, you know, right. from year to year that warrants me to spend sixty dollars on the game again, especially when they could easily just add like a roster update for ten dollars. But no, they make these incremental changes and sell it as this brand new experience when we've had proof in the past of where they've like forgot forgotten to update the banners on the game yeah. in like the stadium and so it <laughs> said like madden 19 and it was supposed to say madden uh -oh. 20 <laughs> oh no we so done goofed. yeah we yeah. done goofed like oops that just goes to show you like they're not really yeah. adding that much to it and so 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, not surprising. That's it's one of those games that I, for the life of me, can't understand how it's always, always such a huge seller every year, and there isn't just one time where people are just like, "I'm going to skip this year." Like I'm, you know, this one's good. Right. Like, but nope, it's always sold. So uh, anyway, moving on from Madden, what's number three? <laughs> We had to we had to just get that out of our system. Get that out of our system. Yeah. Uh, number three. So, I mean, as you can probably guess, the number two and number one, before I even get to number three, they're going to be Call of Duty games, right? Yeah. Of course, we're going to get to Call of Duty games yeah. in this list. But number three is definitely the dark horse of this list. It is Animal Crossing New Horizons for the Nintendo Switch. Wow. Bringing it in. Wow. Number three. Yeah. Wow. Why do you? So do, have you played Animal Crossing? So of course I have. Okay, so I this has. game came around at the perfect time and I think a lot of its success and sales it was going to do well no matter what. But remember that this game was scheduled for release right around that time I think in in March or early April around the time that the pandemic was first starting to take hold and yeah. many people like myself were were temporarily out of work. And that game was such a good, you know, mental break just from the stress of everything going on and the uncertainty of mm. it that I think a lot of people had that same frame of mind of, you know, use it as a way to relax and to kind of get away from things. And it it did its job very well. Now, that being said, I don't think we're going to see it on another list anytime soon. Um, the, there's not any kind of like ongoing DLC model for it. There's small free updates that have come out, but it's not really in the animal crossing style to try and monetize their player base. Yeah. Um, they, they do sell, you know, like the amiibos and the, and the, the cards and, you know, little mer- merchandise here and there is, is, is probably the bigger play for them. It's a great title. It's long overdue. We needed this game a long time ago. It does have major limitations the, the way that they handled online and like most of the Switch online offerings uh, yeah. is very shoddy. It's very awkward. It takes more time than it should to do basic things like visit a friend's island. Mm. Um, that, that that can kind of put a damper on the experience. But totally, as just yeah. A, 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 yeah, as a single player kind of zen experience where it's like the Seinfeld of games, there is no goal. <laughs> That you, you can't you can't beat a good Animal Crossing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of games are like that now. I mean, there's really no goal to Minecraft. I mean, just survive. So, I mean, right. same with same yeah. with um, Animal Crossing in that respect. Just you know, live live your life, live your little yeah. Animal Crossing life, and survive. And so, yeah. I think. Um, you know, it, it really blew up in the influencer sphere. I'm not sure if it's mm. still being played very much anymore. I think it's yeah. been dropped for other things like Among Us and Fall Guys. So, uh, but it, it really was hitting it big there for a while. So that very well deserved for for Animal Crossing and Nintendo to be on a top three list because that doesn't mm-hmm. usually happen. I feel like they, unless it's like a you know, a Mario game or something of that nature. Um, exactly. But, yeah. you know, for for this, you know, I wouldn't say really unknown IP from from Nintendo, but one of their lesser, lesser popular uh, IPs, I would say, you know, it's, yeah. it's not like, it's not huge like Mario Kart or Yoshi or, um, right. you know, Donkey Kong or anything like that, like, you know, or Zelda. So, but, you know, like you said, it was long overdue. We needed it. And here it is. So kudos. <laughs> Oop, there it is. Yeah. 
So number two and number one of the uh-huh. top best-selling games in the U.S. Not surprising. Yeah. Pew pew. Shoot 'em. Call of Duty. Call of yeah. Duty. So number two is uh, Modern Warfare. Gotcha. With uh, Black Ops Cold War taking the number one spot. Uh, you know, it, there, there's no surprises here. It's uh, obviously Black Ops and the the what was it, the, the blackout mode. Was that what yeah. it was called? Warzone is what it was called. Warzone, for, that's right, yeah. Yeah, the black, so Black Ops, was it three? That had Blackout. And uh, then Warzone was for Modern Warfare. And yeah. I guess they're doing, I don't know if there's, I mean, Warzone's still a thing, but it's not, I don't know if it's up. I haven't played it in a while. So yeah. I don't know if it's updated for Black Ops or not, if that's something completely separate. I think it is. I believe it is, and they had they, they have been providing updates, but from what I've heard it's got it's gotten kind of confusing and isn't quite as recognizable as it was in its original form. Um, but when you're taking the the Activision approach that they have been of attaching the battle royale style game to the campaign, and of course they you know they're they're tacking on everything, zombies modes and that kind of thing. Um, it's just a matter of time until it gets a little weird with bringing in a new entry and how you carry over the online aspects and the persistent aspects like a battle royale, um, into future titles. But, uh, I've played very little of either, so I'll have to defer to you on this. Well, surprisingly enough, these were the two games that I decided not to get in the call of duty entry like in the in the yeah. franchise these these two specifically i was like you know what i don't really need these war zones out there's mm-hmm. apex legends it was it just seemed like a throwaway of of another game and so i feel like call of duty has gotten into that that rut where we know what works what to expect it's kind of like madden you know like yeah. it's getting to be that madden stage where there's not much change. They do change things either a lot or the mechanics from game to game that it feels hard to stay competitive. You know, right. in a game where you're like, well, my I've got to worry about healing up in this game, but not in this game. And I can double mm-hmm. jump in this game, but not in, not in this game. You know, it just seemed like to me... It, they didn't really know where what to do. They're like, we don't know. We're, we're just going to do everything. We're going to do everything that we can. Every little popular thing we're going to do instead of just doing what Call, Call of Duty has done best, which is simplistic maps, you know, an integrated perk system that, and I, and not just a, not just a, you know, one that's integrated into, you know, the multiplayer, but a robust one at that, like one that's right not limited on a point system because they started adding that where, you know, it was this point system of, well, you've only got, you know, 20 points to create a character in multiplayer. So you can spend so many points on a gun and all this kind of stuff. Whereas when you were playing modern warfare two, you could have pro perks and stack these different perks together. And you felt like, man, this, this is the soldier. Like, this is what I, I want to get at and now with the different guns and the loot boxes that they had it just seemed like another cash cash opportunity of well I'm paying to to get this so I mean I still have Warzone very very rarely do I fire it up and decide to play it 
But um, just like Madden, it's always going to be on the top top list of of games. You know, I think that's a given, especially in a year like you said, where there's only been a handful of game releases, and Mm -hmm. you know we were kind of stuck with like the same old, same old. You know, we haven't had a new iteration of. We were supposed to have a new Halo this year, and that didn't happen, and. You know, something like cyberpunk was supposed to be amazing and it wasn't. So I just, it wasn't. wasn't. So I just feel like 2020 wasn't the best year for gaming. It was a rebuilding year. (laughs) Yeah. And so many games that got delayed and some studios were able to do that. They had the luxury of being able to say, Hey, you know, here's what's going on. COVID caused some problems, especially smaller studios uh, having to had adjust their uh, their timetables. But so yeah, that that's the uh, that's the big list. And now, of course, you did mention Halo Infinite, so we might as well uh, segue into our next article, yes. um, which uh, is all about. Uh, really, it's just a rumor. But I mean, when it comes to Halo Infinite, a lot of what we've been getting is just kind of rumors because we know. Not too much about, you know, what's actually going to be, be on, on tap for the game, especially on the multiplayer side. Um, and in this article from ScreenRant.com, um, the, the rumor is that the multiplayer may skip out on Battle Royale and instead go for a Battlefield-style map with, uh, you can spawn in squads and, you know, drop, uh, drop in with your squad from Pelicans um, and, and that kind of thing. Now... You know, I know you have a lot to say about this, so I'll get get my piece and, uh, well, hey, (laughs) it it ain't always pretty, but it's honest. That, you know, some of my biggest, uh, my my greatest memories about playing Halo, um, specifically Halo 2, was experiencing big team battle for the first time. Because it, it, no one else, especially in an online setting, I think that was one of the first games you could actually hook up to Xbox Live. Um, and play on the on the OG Xbox. Mm-hmm. I remember I had my Ethernet cable awkwardly like routed into the the living room from the, uh, <laughs> from, from where the modem yeah, yeah. was, and it was like the, it was the coolest thing ever. Had my Plantronics uh, wireless headset. Mm, oh boy, throwback. Yeah, I paid way way too much for that. And you know, experiencing that mode was definitely a huge step in first person shooters. Because, you know, up until that point, everything that we had done was LAN parties or maybe maybe you had a, a foray into PC gaming. But most of the PC-style shooters that were out that you could play online were, were games like Quake, you know, in, in small contained maps. So to have that freedom and to be able to pilot a Banshee and, and go around and, and, you know, get in a Warthog with your friend in these huge sprawling maps is something special. I hope that this is wrong. And I hope at least that that once the core game is finished, that the team is able to strongly consider adding what a lot of players are going to want and what I think is going to make the Halo franchise uh, even more successful than it already is, which is a proper, full-fledged battle royale. I agree. Um, I know that if you read the comments on facebook or your platform of choice that there's going to be a lot of negativity around battle royale and halo some people think that halo shouldn't have a battle royale and some people think that it it's just a gimmick but i think personally 
Halo is is set up for a battle royale type of game. You spawn with a terrible weapon, maybe maybe a mm-hmm. you know an assault rifle or something like that, and you look around the map for better weapons before you engage with the enemy team. So that's no different than any battle royale game out there. You start with nothing or something very basic, and then you get something Random. better as you go along. And I don't think you necessarily have to do exactly what Fortnite's doing. I don't think you have to play the exact same cards that every other Battle Royale is doing. But to sit there and say that you're not going to add a Battle Royale, that the only BR that you're interested in is a Battle Rifle, is very telling about the game in general because it makes me feel like, okay, well, they're not listening to fans, and that was my problem with Halo 5. Halo 5, I I played Halo 5 more than any other Halo But I still felt at the end of the day that they catered more towards the pro scene and kind of left out the community until now. And part of that was due to who was the community manager at the time. Um, Great guy, bravo, but he was a pro player. So he was more interested in what the pros were saying and and that type of um, feedback versus like the casual community players that maybe didn't want to play competitively all the time. And so I think you're right with big team battle. These are great ideas that I think Halo has always been a part of and has always changed the game when it comes to multiplayer just the idea of the lobby in general that Bungie created, the pregame lobby was a game changer that we now have with every type of multiplayer system. For them to to kind of dig their dig their heels in and say, no, we're not budging on this, we're we're not interested in that, but we're gonna do something else. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I feel like Part of the intrigue of Fortnite, for example, or any battle royale is the way in which you can approach the battle. You don't necessarily have to, you know, go down this one of three tunnels or one of three lanes, so to speak, you know, that the map has to offer. Or even in big team battle for Halo 2... Yes, you could fly the Banshee, but the there was still mountains surrounding you that kind of kept you within this the bounds of the map that wouldn't allow you to go past that. So you could really lock down an area. And I feel like in Battle Royale games, it's harder to do that. It's harder to lock down an area and say, no one's getting through this door. <laughs> like, you know, like no one's going to get through this and and so uh, i think there are ways that they can do it that that would make it really amazing i don't think copying battlefield is the way to go i've played battlefield before and i can honestly say a lot of the time in battlefield i spend running around looking for the enemy 
I don't actually know where they're at. But then, then again, if that's your objective, like if the objective is to get to 50, you know, 50 kills or 100 kills or whatever it may be, which has always been the case for most Halo games, it's a, a Team Slayer type of gameplay, then you're going to feel the need to move around the map and engage where sometimes in battle Royale, you don't have those opportunities. Sometimes you only get one kill and it's the last kill. And I think that that's what makes it interesting. The fact that you could go throughout the whole game, not encounter anyone, get this final kill and boom, you're a winner instead of man. I, I, you know, with every halo game that there's ever been, if I'm not getting 20 kills and five, five deaths and I'm not contributing to the team, you know? So I feel like in battle Royale, anyone can be a winner and the, the odds are so random that it makes the gameplay interesting and intriguing day after day after day. And when you're pushing to grind, to get, you know, 50 kills, 20 kills a game, whatever it may be, it, it, loses its luster and becomes more of a chore and less of an enjoyable moment i mean do you agree yeah 100 percent. and the thing to to realize like we we said initially with the article is that this is a rumor you know we we still don't have any concrete evidence to really support one or the other however and you're right the tweet about you know the only br that they care about um is the battle rifle because they they helped that that tweet go viral is, you know, it definitely gives you an indicator of that that quick peek behind the curtain of what's going on behind the scenes and what the mentality is of the people developing a game. And at the end of the day, you know, even in these big studios, it just takes one person at the top who has a certain mentality about the game to completely shift, you know, the the direction um, and the the vision of the game, regardless of what the rest of the team you know wants or desires, or the community, or the, or community. the community, right? So you know, I, I I would think never say never. Um, there's always that possibility. You know, I know there that the the multiplayer is going to be a free to play option uh, for Halo Infinite, so they are going to be looking to monetize um, with I'm I'm guessing things like you know uh, cosmetics and and battle passes. And they've already talked about that, and honestly, that doesn't look good either. Yeah. I, you know, we can talk about this another time, but it just seems like the microtransit, like, it seems like they're adopting the things that they think are working for Fortnite, like the, you know, purchasing of cosmetics, and instead... Just we're we're just going to use that because that's what makes the money. But we're not going to do the other things that Fortnite is doing, like you know, continual map changes and additions of different uh, weapons and vehicles and mm. uh, just changes in general. Like that's what keeps something like Fortnite so interesting, and that's what keeps people coming back to it is the changes that are made. And with Halo, you know what you're going to get. It's kind of like Call of Duty. So I'm hoping that there's some type of intrigue, something that's more than just the same stuff that we've gotten with Halo 5. Like, I want to be wowed again like we were with Big Team Battle. I want to be wowed again like Warzone. And I want to have different options of gameplay 
where I can play that old school Team Slayer. Then I can switch over and play a Battle Royale. And then I can play a big team battle. Mm -hmm. And then I can play a Warzone. And then I can play an arena type game where it's more competitive. That would keep me coming back day after day, you know, being able to jump from this to that and feel like I was playing something different all within the same universe. Right. And that's really what <laughs> I want as a Halo gamer. And for yeah. those who, like, don't want that or, you know, say, oh, you know, Halo doesn't need that. That's not what Halo is about. It's like, why would you want to stop progress? Why would you want to stop something new to be added to the game. No one's saying we're going to take away everything else. Right. We just want to add it. And so that's what I want for Halo. I just want to be wowed and I want them to add something that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. And you're right. It Maybe they're just being tight-lipped mm -hmm. and they're they're going to be like, surprise, uh, Battle Royale. Like, that'd be such I mean, a troll. It would be. It really yeah. would be. But, you know, and do I think that's going to happen? No. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly not. Yeah. But do I wish? Like, sure. So, I don't know. That's my hope. That's my hope for the for the future of Halo. We'll see because there will be more things to come within the next couple of months. They're slated for fall release. We'll see. I'm saying November. Mm -hmm. um, but... We'll see in the coming months if there's going to be something like a beta or just more information in general. Because you're right. At this time, we've gotten trickle yeah. trickle down information that's rumor, hearsay. We haven't gotten anything substantial. Mm -hmm. And the one thing we did get, everybody on the internet crapped on. <laughs> and then, then 343 was like, you know, let's just retreat into our yeah. cave and never release Halo Infinite you get nothing. to the public. You lose. <laughs> Good day, sir. <laughs> oh man oh goodness all right well hey you know that's uh, a good place to wrap things up so uh thanks again everybody for listening make sure to join us again on wednesday for our next episode got some new things lined up for you and should have some uh, exciting guests coming down the pipeline from the oh. qtb crew and beyond question nice. mark question mark question mark so thanks as always and uh of course uh, thanks for being here with me bruno of course, it's my pleasure. Yep. For Nick, I am Bruno. And for Bruno, I'm Nick. Peace out, what it do.